promised land. Talk back to me. Don't worry. You're not going to interrupt the sermon. The tape's not going to get messed up. But when they get to the promised land, what's there? Giants. People. I mean, it's, it, here's the crazy thing. They get to the promised land, and the promised land is not empty waiting on them. It's not like, it's not like a brand new house, and they just move in. They have to, get this word, they have to possess it. They have to possess the promised land. They have to take possession of it. And part of taking possession of it, I'm saying all this in introductory, in preamble, in prologue to what I'm going to say. They had to take possession of it. Why? Because when they got there, they were going to have to do some serious fighting. Do you really? I mean, like, I'm thinking this is this is my whole frame of reference. I'm just trying to get out of the hell I'm in so I can get to a place where I can chill. I mean, that's everybody's mindset. Nobody wants to suffer. Nobody wants to go through. Nobody wants to war. And I'm just, let's be honest, guys. We are the closest to God when we're on fight mode. We're the closest to God when we're in struggle. Come on. I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not, I know you don't want to say amen because you don't want to be in struggle. But I'll just be honest. We are, we are, we are more prayerful when we don't have the job. I'm telling you, I don't know how many times I've seen people pray and ask God for something, and then when they get it, you don't even see them at church no more. Like, they was at prayer meeting every night. Fasting, y'all pray. I've been asking the Lord for a husband, and I'm just praying, believing God that he's going to give me this wife. And they've been praying, and we were believing God, and we introduced them to people, and, and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And we prayed. And as soon as they got married, as soon as they got this person in their life, you didn't see him anymore. Like, like as soon as they got the job that they were agonizing for, I mean, they were, they were, and listen, they were like, listen, I don't have, I've got free time to work at church now. I'm unemployed. Anything you need me to do, pastor, I'm willing to serve uh, wherever you want to put me. Fine. Oh, praise God. Come on, brother. And they serve and they were real talk though. They're really thinking, oh Lord, if I just work in the church, then the Lord's going to give me a job. And true enough, as soon as they get the job, as soon as they get the blessing, whatever it is, I'm not trying to call nobody out for real. It's getting quiet in here. No, so, like whatever it is, whatever it is that we get, tell the truth. Why y'all judging me? Oh Lord, why y'all looking at me like that? I really feel judged right now. I, I'm seriously, I'm feeling like y'all are not feeling me on this. Tell the truth. The minute you get to a place of comfort and blessing, you're not doing what you did to get the blessing in the first place. You're not. And here's, here, here's what I did not realize. The promised land is a place of war. The wilderness was a place of preparation, Fred. Is that crazy or what? Like you're just praying for peace. God, I don't want no more difficulty. Stop praying for that. It's not going to happen. You are, you are not going to not have any problems. As a matter of fact, this way I like to say it. A preacher friend says it like this. He says, new levels, new devils. Oh, that's good, isn't it? Look at, look at your neighbor and say, new levels, new devils. Just tell them that. New levels? New devils. God's goal for your life is not comfort. Watch this. Can I tell you what it is? It's peace. You can have peace without being comfortable. Did you hear what I'm saying? Somebody's a witness right now. Like everybody's not, everybody's not like out of the will of God. There's some of you who are in the will of God right now. Your life is not exactly the way you planned it. No, no. No, not quite. <laughs> like you're like a mile away from where you think your life should be. 
But for some strange, oh, don't get bored on me now. Come on now. Even if you don't have it, you should want this. Isn't it the most beautiful thing to like your life be not where it really was like, you like where you wanted it to be? But for some reason, you like are stressed, not stressed. You got like a sense of peace. Like, and everybody's looking at you saying, like, dude, you ought to be doing more. Dude, you ought to be saying more. Dude, you ought to be applying here. Dude. Now, I'm not talking about complacency. I'm talking about a peace that passes all understanding. The Bible says that peace is military. The scripture says that the peace, be anxious for nothing, but with prayer and supplication, make your request known to God. Watch this. And the peace of God, which passes understanding, will guard your heart and your mind. Peace is a weapon. Peace fights off stress, fights off pressure, fights off anxiety, fights off depression. When you have, and peace is not external, it's something that God, oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Peace is something on the inside of you. You don't know why you're praising God. You don't know why you're worshiping God. You don't know why you're celebrating his goodness. You don't know why your hands are lifted. You don't know why you're not mad. You don't know why you haven't killed yourself. You don't understand why you're still in the fight and you haven't had a nervous breakdown. I'm telling you why. It's the peace. Jesus says, the peace that I give you, the world didn't give it to you, and the world can't take it away. The promised land will definitely give you peace, not comfort. Three points. Three points on how to possess the promised land. Three points. And then we're gone. Three points. Here they are. How to possess the promised land. Now, so far, the children of Israel are in the second generation now. All their parents are dead. God waited for everybody to die, including Moses. And as soon as Moses died, he's like, okay, y'all can go in. Now, can I blow your mind? A little facts, a little trivia. Like, they're all 20 and under. Amen. <laughs> so you got all these kids. Sorry, no offense, 18, 19, 20-year-olds. but <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean, right? You have all these kids, and you have Joshua, who's leading them. Amen. You know how old Joshua is? 80-something. Okay, get my point. When we start talking about Joshua generation and a new generation and a new generation, listen, we're not talking about age. Like a lot of us, we Amen. hear new and we think young. New don't mean young. Right. New means faith. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's what it means. You know, the only reason why Joshua didn't die with the rest of his homies is because the Bible says he had a different spirit. All right. Yeah. I'm looking. There are some folks in here right now who could who 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 are in their 80s and their 90s. I could call their names. You know who they are, and they have just a youthful presence about them. Amen. Yes. Amen. <laughs> and so what I'm discovered is that I've seen some young folk who act old. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're not about change. They're not about growth. They're not about, they just stuck where they are. They do the same thing. Oh, you're already 90. You're already 75. You're already 65. Pack it up. Pack
pack it up right now, quit and go on because you ain't doing nothing with your life. Nothing. You got no plans for it. And I got 80 year olds graduating from college. I got folks in their 70s who ain't tired yet. I got folks writing. Listen, my mom's 70 years old and went and just just completed another certification for law. Another one. And I, one of the things I've discovered is, is you live longer when you keep, when you keep, acti- when you keep active, when you keep learning. So I want you to get this. The generation that's going in is not just a young generation. It's not like God hates old people and loves young people. That's not the message here. The problem with the older people is, is most old people operate based on memory instead of imagination. And the problem with operating on memory instead of imagination is memory keeps you in the past. Memory simply says, I've I've only seen it done this way. I've only seen it done that way. So I can't see anything else. But God is looking for a people that just shall live by faith who do not operate based on their senses. They are not sensual people. These are people who operate based on the word of God. They operate based on the promises of God. They operate based on faith. They operate not based on what they see. Their hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. They see stuff that nobody else can see. I look at James Davis all the time. I'm just amazed. Like, 80s. But straight up just, like, relevant. Straight up, like, just believe in God. I mean, I'm just pushing me all the time. Like, Pastor, we can do this thing. Pastor, I don't even know why you're tripping. God can do this thing. I'm excited. I mean, just up in the club. (laughs) James Davis. Raise your hand, Uncle James. I mean, just, like, he here. Like, When's AY? Like, I need to be there. Like, when's Youth Week of Prayer? I'm down. Like, where are the young people going to be at today? Listen, this has nothing to do with age. Faith is not an EEOC issue. Faith is not a non-discriminatory. It's a choice. You choose to have this kind of faith. Man, listen, resist aging. How do you resist it? By operating on a level of faith. And so that's the generation we have. This is not a pro-young people movement that God is trying to start. God is just looking for people who are crazy enough to believe crazy stuff. So here's what happens. Three points, and we're going to show you how to possess this land. We ready? Y'all know who's there? New generation, Joshua chapter 1. Put it on the screen. We're going to read together. Joshua, the first chapter. And the first point we're going to make is this. This is the first point in obtaining, in moving in, in possessing. Somebody say possess. Come on, somebody say Possess. It means to grab. It means to lay hold of, to take. The Bible says the kingdom of God suffereth violence, but the violence, take it by force. We're not passively waiting on God to do stuff. Not when he's spoken. We move. So number one, first point you need to know is get courageous. What did I say, everybody? Get courageous. courageous. Let's see this uh, principle applied in Joshua 1. The Bible says, read with me, everybody. Everybody, everybody. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord... The Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses 8, verse 2, Moses, my servant, is what? Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. Verse 3, I will give you, oh, I love the promise. Here it is. I will give you every place where you hold. Thank you, Jesus. As I promised who? Verse 4. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. Verse 5, we're getting there. 
no one will be able to stand against you. Somebody praise the Lord. Somebody praise the Lord. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Here it goes, guys. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Verse 6, so be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to the, inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Let the church say amen. amen. Do you see it? You see it there? The first thing he tells Joshua is not, here's the plan. The first thing he says to Joshua is not, okay, this is how I want you to use your warrior skills to conquer the land. The first thing he says to Joshua is, I need you to get some courage, man. Uh, let me just say it the way I would, I would if I were there, man up. Uh, courage uh, comes from the Latin word heart. In other words, get some heart. Courage does not mean I ain't scared. Come on, say amen. Come on, say amen, somebody. How the, courage does not mean I ain't scared. Let me, I, I, I demonstrated courage the other day. I, I mean, I like to think I did. Uh, my wife and I were out jogging. Now, y'all have to praise the Lord on that. Amen. <laughs> not that my wife was jogging, but that I was jogging. Come on, say amen. I hate to run. Am I right about it? They can't stand it. But, man, I'm, I'm starting to get into it a little bit, all right? Uh, I'm not going to be posting my miles online because I'm still ashamed. But I will in due time once I get up there. So anyway, we're running right now. She doesn't know this. So we're running and we're, and we're, coming. we're on the home stretch. You know what I'm saying? So I got to try to take it up. I'm pulling it up. You know what I'm saying? The form is there. And, and there is a dog. There is a black dog. And you remember, there was a black dog on the corner. Now, I couldn't see the leash. I, I, I don't know if they got invisible leashes now. I don't know. I don't know what it is. So, hey, let me show y'all what I did, though. So, as I'm running, and I, I got Eric Thomas on, I'm just in my groove, got the hip-hop work, and I'm just, and then I see the dog, and then I pull one of these. <laughs> come on, Sinead. Sinead, come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, I, I, I don't know if you remember, I was just jogging in place, because I was just trying to give Sinead the impression then I was waiting on her. Come on, real talk. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, listen, man. I wish that fear was rational, but it's not. I mean, because I wouldn't have done that. I mean, I look like a punk, like seriously. So, I mean, your boy, I pulled up. I was like, oh, all right. Come on, babe, I'm waiting on you. At the corner of my eye, I'm looking at that black dog. And then the dog is just like running towards me. This was like the longest leash ever. <laughs> I'm not lying. Why am I telling the truth? It was the longest sleep. I'm like, what? These people just let their dog run around the neighborhood? And then the dog pulled one of these moves. Back. Oh, when I saw that, though. I don't know if this is courage, but it felt like it. I was waiting for Sinead, and I was like, oh, oh. Oh, you, you changed up, ain't you, boy? Oh, all right. <laughs> Hey, saints, that's not courage. Okay, let's just get this clear. That's not courage at all. I was straight up afraid. But let me tell you what courage is, though. Courage would have been me seeing the dog and keep running. That, see, courage makes a choice. See, people think that courage, I'm, I'm courageous. Courageous people, uh, they're, not fear, they're not fearless. Like, come on, some of y'all out there, I ain't afraid of nothing. You're not human then. You're not human. Like if I took out a gun and just like pulled the clip right in front of you, you I mean, you're not going to flinch at all. 
Well, maybe maybe because I have the gun in my hand, you won't flinch. All right, but if somebody, I mean, I'm just, I mean, whatever the scariest situation you can think of, standing naked in front of a crowd, I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, like, come on, y'all, like, stop, stop denying that you are human. Everybody gets afraid, but here's the good news. God didn't ask you to be fearless. God say, be courageous. Courageous simply means I'm afraid, but I'm going to look my, the thing that's making me afraid in the face, and I'm going to go forward anyway. I'm going forward anyway. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to face my fears anyway. If it's school, I'm going to face it. If it's writing a book, I'm going to face it. If it's a conversation that I got to have, I'm not going to keep putting it off because I'm afraid. One of the things I found out about Satan, Satan always makes things look scarier than they really are until you face it. Yo, when I was doing my, district, my doctorate, for, the, the thing I was afraid of, like, everybody, when are you going to get your doctorate? You want to get your doctorate? I was like, yeah, I'm going to get my doctorate. Bottom line is, I was afraid of a 150-page paper. I ain't like writing any time. I hate writing. I hate writing. I don't write sermons. Some of you are probably like, well, I knew that. <laughs> I don't, seriously. Like, I write bullet points. I hate to write. I hate it. But then, man, as I started getting into the program, as I started testing the thing out and trying it, I started realizing, man, this thing ain't that bad. Amen. Amen. Uh, fear always makes us exaggerate reality. Yeah. And you will never break your fears until you make a decision that you're going to face them. What did God say to Joshua? God said to Joshua, he says, Joshua, be strong and courageous. I know you're afraid because Moses is dead. I know you're afraid because you never thought that you would have to lead this group of young people into the promised land. But I didn't ask you if you were afraid. I didn't ask you if there were legitimate concerns. I'm asking you, are you willing to trust me in the face? Let me give you a couple reasons why God told him to be courageous. And it's in the text. The first reason he said is, because as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. Look, now watch what God is saying. Look, it's okay to be human even if you're in my presence. I know you're afraid, but man, I can't, I can't receive you being like in a place where you won't move forward and I'm with you. No, I get that you're a human, but you just going to sit here and do nothing even though I'm telling you I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I will lead you. And so that brings us to the second reason why he said to have courage. Watch this. I want you to look at it. It's very clear. Uh, 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 chapter 1, verse 7. Is everybody together? It's on the screen. Help me read this, everybody. The Bible says, be strong and very courageous. There it goes again. Be, and why? Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Verse 8, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Verse 9, have I not commanded you? Here it goes again. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. 
for the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go. Here's the second reason why God tells us to be courageous. He says the way to be courageous is to meditate on the word. I wish I had something deeper for you. People that operate on a level of courage are people who spend time in the study of the scriptures. Now, specifically, I want to direct your attention to not just the reading of the Bible, but to the claiming of promises. How many of you have a go-to promise? As I shared in first service, one of the things I love that my wife would do is she would write promises by our mirror uh, in the bathroom. She would keep promises all over the house. Why? Because it's the promises of God that give us the courage to have courage. Yeah, all right, all right. Some of y'all, like, you're not even, what I'm saying right now is just like, okay, go to the next point. Let me tell you why what I'm saying is so significant. Because most of us don't really study the Bible. Most of us don't memorize scripture. Most of us have not taken the word of God and used it as a weapon against the spirit of, inc- of discouragement and fear. All right, all right. Like, seriously. How are you afraid when the Bible says, I'll be with you through the fire. I'll be with you through the flood. The flames will not overtake you. The flood will not consume. How are you afraid when the Lord promises you that no weapon, no weapon. I didn't say that. The Lord said, no weapon. Man, help me somebody. My Bible tells me, uh, I love this, Romans 8, 28. This is the one I've been meditating on a whole lot lately. And we know that all things will work together for, I'm in the word. I'm meditating on the scriptures. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them that are called to his purpose. In other words, things might happen to me, but they will not overcome me if I am Christ. So that's why I have courage. And even for those of you who are like, oh, I don't know if God loves me anymore, if I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I'm not going to believe the lie of the enemy that God, somehow God don't love me as much as he did before when I was a good boy. That's a lie. Why? The way that you defeat the enemy of discouragement and fear is you have, oh, you have to depend on the promises of God. Stop depending on the preachers. Stop getting your word from church on Sabbath. Stop it. Tell me somebody, how do you get through Tuesday? How do you get through Wednesday? You're getting posts on Facebook. Somebody said something encouraging. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about opening up this book right here. The creative power. The Bible, the same word of God in this book is the same word that spoke galaxies into existence. Second point. Somebody say, get courage. Get courage. That's the first way you're going to possess it. Get your mind right. Yes, there's some scary stuff in there, but get your mind right. Get some heart in you. Come on in here, somebody. We ain't scared of Steph Curry. Russell Westbrook. Oh, I like what the Cavs are doing now. I'm sorry, I'm going to preach on it. I like, I like the mental toughness that I'm seeing. Listen, we should have lost that series, they said. But we swept those boys, not because we played so well, but because there was a... Did anybody notice what I saw? I saw a mental toughness. 
I saw a toughness of mind. Listen, listen, most of the problems that we're facing do not require a bunch of faith. They require somebody with some courage. I mean, I see y'all sleepy. I go, go to sports. And... Don't worry. I got, a Brown, I got a Browns illustration in a second. Amen. Amen. Number two. Number two. Get consecrated. First point. Get courageous. Second point. Get consecrated. What's our second point, everybody? Get consecrated. Go on to uh, Joshua, the third chapter. Third chapter. What time is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What time is it? Huh? One forty-two. All right. Let's bring this thing to a close. You ready? Everybody here? We together? Our next point is so critical. It is so critical to get consecrated. Look at what the Word of God says. Chapter 3, verse 1. Read with me. You get more out of the sermon when you read. The Bible says, early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went through the camp. Verse 3, giving orders to the people. Here's the orders they gave. Together, everybody. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, and the Levitical priest carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Verse 4, then you will know which way to go. Since, I love this, you have never been this way before. But keep a distance about what, y'all? 2,000 cubits, that's about a mile, uh-huh, between you and the ark, and do not go near it. Here it goes, here it goes. Here it goes. Get consecrated. Verse 5. Then Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Hallelujah. Did you catch what just happened there? Thank you, my brother. Thank you. The Bible says that the Lord was giving Joshua instructions. And watch what Joshua did after he got the instructions. This is amazing. Oh, it's amazing. After Joshua only heard minimal details. All right. All right. We didn't get this in first service. Hold on with me, praise team. You didn't hear this point. (laughs) Hey, listen, man. Hey, hey, look. God only told them, when you see the ark, make a move. Now, let me tell you why this is critical. Because the previous generation didn't follow the ark. The previous generation followed the physical manifestation of a cloud by day and fire by night. Amen. It's a little easier. Come on, say amen. It's a little easier to follow God when he's physically in a cloud and he gets up and moves. We're like, okay, it's time to roll. (laughs) But this time, the Lord is like, "Uh, I want you to follow these men with a box. I'm I'm weaning you away from having to see stuff. Mercy. All right. See, Joshua generation, next level Christians, don't have to see nothing. We don't need no cloud no more. Take the cloud away, remove the manna. We don't need that every day. 
put the box and the leaders with the box, when they start moving, wait for a mile, then you pick up and move. That's what God said. Now watch what Joshua does. I love this. I lo this is what I want to do when I come out of the presence of God. After Joshua hears that word from the Lord, this is what Joshua says. He says, all right, y'all, check this out. I just heard from God. Don't know all the details of what's going to happen next. All I know is that when the box moves with the Levites, we're supposed to follow it. And what else do you know, Joshua? Not, that's all I got. Uh, excuse me. Any, any other, no, 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 hold on. Any other details about how we're going to destroy the, 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 those giants and like, I, 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 no, all I know, okay, okay, look, guys, consecrate yourselves because tomorrow God's going to do amazing things. <laughs> Woo! Yes! We don't need details. We need to consecrate. We don't need more information. We need to consecrate. Okay, you're asking me, what does consecration mean? Consecration is this. Consecration is when a guy is flirting with a girl for a long time, and he's promising her he's going to marry her. And, and, and they get engaged. Amen. Amen. That's consecration. I'm about to tell you, it's consecration. They get engaged, and they're engaged for like three years. <laughs> and he said, baby, I'm going to marry you. We're going to get married. When we get ready. I'm not ready yet, baby. We're going to get married. Some more time goes by. More time goes by, uh, brothers and sisters. Consecration is not that. Consecration is not flirting. Consecration is not just we bout to. Consecration is when you make up your mind, I'm going all in. Now, see, 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 the reason why Joshua is saying to you and to us right now that amazing things happen only in connection with consecration. See, for many of us, you haven't really seen anything amazing from God in a long time. That's because you're afraid to go all in. Let, let, me, let me read something to you uh, uh, from, 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 from D.L. Moody. Uh, this was in the book All In by Mark Batterson. Watch this. He says, we want to do amazing things for God. And that seems noble, but we've got it backward. God wants to do amazing things for us. That's his job, not ours. Our job is consecration. That's if. If we do our job, God will most certainly do his. But what would happen if a person... The world has yet to see what God will do with and for and through and in and by a man or woman who is fully and wholly consecrated to him. What? I mean, let's dream for a minute. What would it be like if you really went all in with God? If you stopped flirting with him, if you stopped keeping him as your fiance and you finally said yes. I'm not talking about the yes you said when you got baptized. I'm not talking about that yes. I'm talking about the right now yes. The kind of yes where you know you're holding back with God. You know you've not gone all in with the, come on. He don't, he don't have your TV. He doesn't have your relationships. He doesn't have your food. He doesn't have nothing. The bottom line is God has your weekends. He does not have all of you. Just let's just dream. Let's not beat up on each other. Let's dream. Can you imagine what God would do in your life if you told him totally yes? If you told him you can have Monday, you can have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'm yours. All of yours. What is Romans? Romans 12 one says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies. Catch it, guys. Here it is. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Consecration is death. 
Consecration is when you say no to yourself and you say yes to your will and yes to your way. I'm not talking about a church yes. I serve a church. That's not consecration. I attend services. You're not consecrated. I go to Bible study. That's not consecrated. Consecrated is that thing in your heart right now that you have not given to the Lord. Consecration is when the Lord goes to the rich young ruler and he says, I, comm- I kept all the commandments. And the Lord says, but there's one thing you're lacking. He says, sell all you have and give to the poor. He says, and then you will have riches in heaven. And the Bible says he looked at him and walked away. He was not consecrated. He was religious. He was in church. He attended. He, he had the name Mercy. of Christian. Mercy. He was considered an Adventist. Mercy. But come on, I'm talking about in your heart. Nobody hey. can call this out. Hey. Can't nobody in this room call this out except the Holy Ghost. Only the Holy Ghost can point out if you're consecrated or not. I don't know if you're consecrated. Your wife doesn't know if you're consecrated. But between you and the Holy Spirit, you know that there is a level of commitment in your life to the Lord that you have not given to him. And here's the thing. The amazing things. Jesus. How many want to see that in your life? How many when you pray, you want to see amazing things? How many want to see miracles and signs and wonders? How many want to see amazing things? The Lord says, if you want amazing, I need you to go all in with me. See, many of us, we've not been getting amazing. We've been getting mercy. You've not been getting amazing. You've been getting mercy. All the blessings you run around calling amazing are not amazing. It's just God being merciful to you, even though you're not fully consecrated to him. Just mercy. You woke up this morning. That's not amazing. You still got a job. Okay. Got food on your table, clothes on your back, shoes on your feet. Didn't have to do it, but it did. Yo, what about God used me to change a whole community? What about I walked into a hospital room and I believed God for healing and God through his Holy Spirit worked through me and a sick person was made well. Oh, God is not trusting that kind of power with just anybody. God is not trusting that kind of power with folks who flirt with him, with folks who are just uh, uh, hanging out with him. But God says, I will do, Lord, thank you. I will do amazing things. For those that consecrate themselves to me. See, here's the danger about not consecrating. Here's the danger about not consecrating. See, what happens is, is so for so long, you have this boring spiritual life. Oh, I know what it is because I've, I've been there. I have whole weeks of boringness sometimes because I'm not consecrated. See, we're consecrated to people, places, and things. So here, let me show you what happens. Let me tell you what happens. Whenever what happens when you're not consecrated is you don't see amazing, and here's this, and it's so bad that when amazing happens, you can't even notice it. You're not moved by anything. You're just, you know, you just, come on, you're just, just passing. Pastor, I just don't want to go to hell, man. I mean, for real, I don't know if I really want the Holy Ghost. I mean, really, the whole story of Joshua is really about having a spirit-filled life. And essentially, some of we, I don't really want for the Lord to have full control. If I'm honest, all right, y'all, 
I feel so judged this morning, this afternoon. What is it? I, I'm, t- I'm not saying this rhetorically. I'm saying it literally. I don't, my flesh doesn't want to be taught. Look, this is what I would rather. I would rather come to church, be moved from time to time, learn some deep stuff from now and then so I can feel superior to other people. Get, have, be able to have a, such a relationship with God where he can get me out of trouble when I'm in it and he can bless me real good when I need it. But I don't want the Holy Ghost. I don't want to die to anything. I mean, I don't want to give up stuff. I don't want the Lord to have what I watch. I don't want the Lord to have who I hang with. I don't want the Lord to have my lifestyle. Ah, no, I just don't want to go to hell. Isn't that deception? To think that if I'm lukewarm, I won't be lost. But the Bible says, I'd rather you be hot or cold. I'd rather you be demon-possessed than to be out here just taking a blessing, enjoying the sermon, going to this service, going to that. Don't feel like coming. Watch online. Two, three, four, five months. I don't know, but pray for the job, pray for the blessing, pray to get in school, pray for the hookup, pray, oh, just bless me, Lord, bless me, bless me, oh, bless me, bless me, uh, okay, I'll bless you, and, and, this is, and here's the thing, how many, how many are getting mercy from God, how many are getting mercy, be honest, how many are getting mercy, and see, isn't that good, isn't that good about our God, the Lord blesses our lukewarm behinds, the Lord blesses us, even though we're not all in, I mean, and we just, oh, no, but Lord, I just don't want to marry you. I don't want to, I'm still, I just don't want to go to hell. And Patterson, what we're missing is amazing. Can I I just inspire somebody for a minute? How many are sick and tired of your life? Talk to me. Look, don't front with me. How many are bored to death with your prayer life? Bored to death when you open the word of God. Just, I mean, church doesn't do anything for you anymore. I mean, it's got to be really good to do something. I mean, the preacher has to be amazing for you to even be able to get. How many of you are tired of that like me? And you want to get to a place now where it doesn't take much at all. You're so in love with Jesus that, uh, that your normal is amazing. <laughs> Your normal is miracles. Your normal are answers to prayer. Your normal are break. That's your normal. Like, do you want that? Like, I'm beyond preaching now. Like, giving a homiletical discourse. This is a pastor crying out for his congregation to want more than you have. This is a pastor that's looking in the eyes of his people. And I see some of you, you're just, I know that you're tired. I know you're tired of existing. Hiding from people and worried about folks and worried about people's opinions and and just just all over the place. Tired of the devil working your mind and tired of the devil keeping you scared and just sick and tired of doing the same sin over and over and over again. And then you get to a place where you're so tired of yourself that you don't even care anymore. You don't even know I'm preaching to somebody. You don't even care anymore. You don't even care. Your body is moving, but your mind is not. Your body is moving, but your heart is dead. 
consecrate yourself. Let me say this. That's why we're doing what we're doing. Because we want amazing. I'll die on that hill. I'll die on the hill of amazing every day. I don't want to go through my whole life saying, what if I had trusted God? What if God had made a promise, but I didn't possess it? Last one. Get your feet wet. Get courageous. Get consecrated. As Coxon would say, there's another word for consecration. Get dedicated. Get committed to the Lord more than you committed to your own stuff. And then get your feet wet. Come on. Joshua, last verse. Chapter 3. Y'all ready to see some amazing things? What time is it? <laughs> Lying lips. Oh, central standard time. Ah. Two. Good. Time to end. Watch this. Here it is. Uh, verse 6. Verse 6. Joshua said to the priest, read with me, everybody. <clears throat> Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant, pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. Verse 7. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you. Oh, pause. Oh. Garvey, God wants to do a work in you that's so amazing Listen, some of y'all think that humility means that God don't do nothing for you special so people won't know you with God. That ain't humility. God said, I want to bless you so much that the people will know that I'm with you. <laughs> in other words, when, when I get ready to bless you, it ain't going to be in secret, bro. <laughs> It ain't going to be on the down low. This ain't going to be no low-key, uh, lightweight, behind the cold. No, when I get ready to bless you, it's going to be obvious to everybody that the Lord is with you. Oh, bless his name. What, what verse are we on now, y'all? Verse 7, and the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of Israel so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Ah, uh, 8, tell the priests who are carrying the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan waters, go and stand in the river. Uh, verse, verse 9, Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. Read this, y'all, verse 10. This is how you will know that I am living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hivites, Perith, uh, Gerg, yeah, Adamites, amen. Verse 11, verse 11. <laughs> Somebody shout the ites. Verse 11, see the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth. We'll go into the Jordan ahead of you. Here come details now. Verse 12. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. Verse 13. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, uh, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing. Oh, Lord. Oh, it was, 
it's better to me in second service than it was in first service, brother. It's, it's better now. I thought it was good in first service. Whoa, Lord have mercy. Did, are y'all noticing physics here? Notice why. Let, let me end this thing. So this is what the Lord said. He said, all right, here, here, this is what I want you to do. He says, I want you to get in front of me about a mile ahead. He says, I want the people to see this. He says, there's not going to be any cloud leading you. You're going to be led by my spirit. You're not going to be led by any physical. You're not going to see anything. I want you to be, I just want you to move when I say to move. The Bible says they get up. He says, now, when you get to the banks of the river, understand, those of you who went whitewater rafting, I told you about this. This is not like a little stream. This is a big deal. This miracle is on par with the Red Sea. The reason, the name Jordan means downward. In other words, the Jordan River was a mountainous river that traveled up to 45 to 50 miles per hour. It was a rapid, it was a downpour torrent, and it was 155, 150 miles long, and it was a mile wide. Listen to me, those who have been whitewater rafting. You don't step into, Craig Long, a rapid. First thing that's going to happen to you is you're going to step on a very smooth rock and you'll slip on that rock. It happened to my brother. He was paralyzed from the waist down temporarily because he slipped and fell and had a stinger on his back. You, listen, they tell you when you step into a rapid, you lay on your back and you flow downstream. You don't cut across. Now God has to get three million people across the rapids. And this is what he said. This is how we're going to do it. Now for your parents, I just told Moses to take the stick and put it over the river. And nobody had to get wet. Y'all walked through. Nobody got wet. He said, not for this generation. Them days are over. I'm calling for a new kind of faith. I'm, I'm calling for a let's get our feet wet kind of faith. Watch what happens. The, now, now notice what he says. The text says... <laughs> He says, he, he doesn't say, step into the river, and when you step in, the waters will part. He says, step in and stand in it. The currents are hitting them. They are trying to stabilize the Ark of the Covenant. And, but, the, but God did not say, walk through. They can't do that. He says, stand in it. I don't know, I don't know, how, that, I don't know how God labeled them to do that, but watch what happens. The Bible says that the waters began to pile up, but they did not pile up in front of them. They piled up upstream. Matter of fact, if you read, keep reading, it says it happened in a town called Adam. All right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, come here, brother, come here. Let, let, let me remember. Come on up here, brother, come on up here. Okay, this is upstream. Come here, brother. This is downstream. Watch the miracle. The miracle is step in and stand. Amen. Now, see, our normal thinking is, okay, if I step in, he's going to move that water. That ain't what happened. Not where they could see it. Lord didn't say do all that foolishness. Amen. Man up. Amen. Get some courage. Yes. You got consecrated last yes. night. Yes. Step in. They step in. Now look, they're downstream. Look what the miracle is. The miracle is that God didn't part the waters where they stood. The miracle is, is that God started piling up the water where they could not see. 
So watch this. The children of Israel are like, ain't nothing happening. Still nothing happening. Anything happening? No. I don't know how long it took. But sooner or later, they started seeing the waters removed. But here's another miracle. The Bible says, and it was dried up. Bottom line, this is what God did. God totally removed the problem where it looked like there was never a river there in the first place. And he piled it up where they couldn't see it so that they would trust that it was on the way. One of the things that I'm learning about God is that before God moves in your behalf, you got to get courage. Amen. The second thing you got to do is you got to get consecrated. The third thing you got to do is you got to get wet. Y'all don't want to do that. You want to pray and God move without you moving. How else God going to know that you believe in unless you don't step in there, unless you don't get in there, unless you don't get your feet wet? Getting your feet wet says I believe in God. And no matter how long I got to stand, I'll stand. Oh, what do you do when you've done all you can and it seems like you can't make it through? Ah, stand when there's nothing left to do. You just stand. Watch the Lord see you through. Oh, somebody praise him in here. Your blessing is on the way. It's back here, but it's on the way. It's moving slowly, but it's on the way. Go ahead, fellas. I'm there. Come on, Willie. Let's go. Yo, look. This appeal is only for folk who are tired of boring. If you're sick of boring, if you're tired of I don't want to go to hell, get courage. Can I tell you where you get that? The Lord. You say, Lord, give me some courage. I know you're scared, but courage is looking that thing in the face and say, I know what the Lord has declared. And I declare to my problem, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world.